Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a special guest. Her name is Jill Wigmore Welsh. Welcome, Jill. Hi there. How are you? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how's how's things in the UK at the moment? Well, actually, specifically here right now, at this moment in time, it's all pretty good, I have to say. Um, the global situation in the UK is not good, but we won't go there. But right now, it's all right. It's manageable. Let's say it's manageable. Excellent. Well, here in Spain, we've got lovely blue skies and sunshine, so I can't complain at all. I'm, I'm very blessed. So, listeners, very today, nice. <laughs> we've got a really interesting topic. It's about sensuality and exploring what sensuality is and Jill is actually a coach trainer around the subject of sensuality so Jill how did you actually get into you know I suppose the niche of sensuality what sort of drew you there can you give the listeners a bit of a, a background story if you if you will well my background story is is I started off as a clinician so I started off as a physiotherapist and then I've worked extensively you know traveling and then I got into psychology and psychotherapy and I got into something called a Feldenkrais training and um, NL, if you like NL, and NLP and NLP is very much to do with the sort of the sensory processing that we do the language uh, side of things but Feldenkrais work is really around developing all of your senses and in turn that means that what you're doing is you're opening up all of your options and it's around accessing the way in which you use your body. So it's the ability to be able to move in ways which are going to be ways that maybe you haven't moved before, but also accessing, if you like, and I use this carefully, uh, what I would call spirituality. And I don't mean sacred spirituality. I mean energy um, and accessing how we can actually use ourselves to actually optimize everything so that, so that we're really using all of our senses and really, you know, really having pleasure in this world. Does that, does that, uh, does that explain at all? Yes, it does. You know, I suppose it's like heightening and fine tuning your experiences so that, you, you know, you're always, I suppose, having those amplified to I suppose uh, enjoy them at the highest level. Is that is that we, what you do? We, we, we are we are here. We are here on this planet for pleasure. Yeah, we are here for pleasure, <laughs> and it's something that we forget. We are here on this amazing, awesome planet, which has got so much opportunity and options there that I think sometimes we forget to enjoy those things that are there, which are pleasures, joys, yes. fun, laughter, play, sensuality, <laughs> sexiness. And that actually is about going inside. And it's, as you say, it's about learning the difference between being able to taste 
poor quality chocolate and like really good quality chocolate. Um, (laughs) That's quite sexy actually to be able to do that. And this is where sensuality comes in because the world, our lived world, is, is it's a very sensual experience being in the world, you know, feeling changes in temperatures, um, the difference of being able to discern between, you know, textures. And I think when it comes to um, sensuality in intimacy, we've all experienced, I'm sure, at least I have, and I'm sure you have too, um, a touch of you know, somebody touching you and you just don't like that touch or that you touch somebody else's skin and there is something about that skin or the smell. You just don't like it. It's a turn off. Do you understand? And so recognizing that those signals, those ways of using yourself, that this is important This and this we can develop. And of course, we can learn to move ourselves in ways that are extremely attractive. That most definitely, because obviously the opposite side of the coin is that you, you can, can experience, you know, the, the smell and the touch and the taste of somebody's skin and, and feel so alive and uh, excited by that. Exactly. And also that then leads into how you could keep that pleasure going over time so that you actually enable yourself to both stay in relationship. But actually, and I know you're very, very, very much in tune with, you know, the feminine and the masculine and the polarity and this, that and the other. But I think that, you know, within an intimate relationship, it is so important to be able to understand how these small nuances, these subtle shifts can actually enable you to very strongly give out yes no signaling if you like um and you might even be doing that without realizing it but 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 you can get so much more and so much deeper pleasure from going into these central experiences Mm. i'd love to talk about initially for the benefit of the audience listening um body confidence because i think um i know men suffer with it too but you know it's more talked about i suppose within uh, as girls, as women, and we're very much impacted by images in the media and, and um, uh, you know, tend to be a bit hard on ourselves when it comes to our own body image. What are your thoughts around women and their body image, Jill? Well, I, strong. <laughs> <laughs> strong images, strong thoughts. Um, I'm not going to go into the, the body advert because there is the body advert what is sold as the perfect body um it's a challenge but i think one has to move into different cultures and accept and understand that you know in other cultures women will have a long strip of cloth and they will wind it round their body in such a way that they are covered and they will and can do look amazing um, and that actually a lot of times the, the, the very clothing that, that people are wearing, we are designed as women, we have curves. We're designed to be cut on the diagonal. Do you understand? We're, we're not designed for the material to be hanging like this. We need to have it flowing around us. And, and we need to be thinking about the fact that, you know, men love these curves. 
and that's it. Men like women to look like women. You know, <laughs> a man is a man. He wants a woman to look like a woman. Yes, yes. do you agree? Yes. He is not looking for a man. He is looking for a woman who has curves in all the right places. And the chances are he is going to love those. And that is going to be what attracts him. And as you move yourself and as you're using your body, if what you're feeling is, oh, you know, my, my bum looks too big in this, you know, uh, forget what it looks like and think about how you can move it. Do you understand? <laughs> and, and imagine yourself dropping, you know, your energy, if you like, down into your pelvis. And as you move, you know, there's a little movement that's taking place in that pelvis well you if you saw a man walking like that if you masculine energy um it, there's going to be a certain attraction but if, if you've got a masculine energy and you see that movement of that that's that's going to really attract and that's that's going to cut through that's going to cut through size shape whatever it's going to be the way you move it's going to be the way you move i mean there's a song isn't there it's in the way you move yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that is that is the thing. You can have big body, small body, thin body, fat body, long legs, short legs, big boobs, small boobs, whatever. But, you know, it is the way you use it, the way you move it, the way you own it and the way you have confidence in it. And as soon as you begin to start to develop your own ability to access some of the movements that you haven't done for a long time and you create these spirals and flows, etc., what happens is that uh, this body comes alive and that is incredibly attractive when you see somebody who's moving and has that confidence and ability to do things in their body uh it's amazing confidence booster so yeah i think it's the sort of energy that, that you're describing that uh, makes everybody look at, you know a certain person who's entered the room because of that you know like you say the way they move and what they exude instantly changes the energy of the room and, and actually you know makes people magnetically attracted like you say and drawn to to look at that person whether you know it's the way they move as a man or as the way they move as a woman and i think i think as you say it's that it's that presence creating that presence that you you own the room you own your body you own the ability to be able to move it how you want to. You own the ability to actually uh, understand the, the, the touch, the light, you know, the impact of the lightness of a touch and, um, you know, the, the subtlety of touch and scent and hearing and being able to change the tone of your voice which is this is this is power you know let's make let's make no bones about it this is power when you've got control over that you've got you've got real power real strong so yeah. let's go through those seven senses because you did mention off air that there are sort of seven main areas that um we we need to be more consciously aware of when it comes to how we move so what are those seven sensual areas so, most, most people will be referencing five senses. Some people will be referencing six senses. In my work, I reference seven senses. So you've got your classic five. So you've got your classic five, which is your hearing, you know, your sense of, you know, your visual sense, your auditory sense, your sense of smell, taste, and touch. Yes, yeah, so those are the classic ones. 
And then you've got your internal sensing ability. So your ability to be able to close your eyes, go inside and sense and feel what is actually happening inside you, where you're tensioning, whereabouts your movement is taking place. So in other words, if you wanted to be moving uh, your pelvis a little bit more freely, which for women is really important because of the way that all of your internal organs sit in, in, in the pelvis, etc. there. So, you know, the freedom and, and flexibility through the spine to be able to have an integrated way of moving. But then of course, you've got all this outside sensing that goes on, the ability to actually be able to pick up the vibe of someone else and see more about what they're like through the way they move. Uh, whether there's a sort of a matching or a, an opposite there in the way that they move and use themselves. And that's important too. So those are the seven sort of sensory areas. And if we just take one, if we just take our visual sense, for example, and we talk about intuition, and I think, you know, who doesn't like to feel that they're intuitive? You know, <laughs> I had this intuition, this sixth sense or whatever you want to call it, I had this sixth sense. But we know there's a lot of intuition is underpinned by knowledge. And if we think of our visual sense, we've got peripheral vision over here somewhere that we're not aware, but we are seeing. We are seeing here. But the thing is that if after a while our spine becomes held through habit, and what we're doing is we're moving like this, we're not actually able to have that beautiful flexibility just to be able to turn and flow easily so that we easily open up our visual field to, to 360 degrees, yes? So then we're taking in far more information about what's going on around us, which it, it has a massive impact on our ability to feel safe, actually, because we, we know that we can, we can take in information. The same with our auditory sense. We can tune our hearing so that we're able to actually hear things at a distance to hear things closer. We can tune our, our touch so that we're not touching, say, you know, there's, there's a difference between touching with your fingers like this, touching with the focus from your elbow, and then touching, moving from your whole self. Those are three completely, totally different experiences. And if you think of somebody like a, somebody giving their partner a massage, let's say, they might be massaging like, you know, remember to bring my hands up so you can see. They might be doing this with their hands and then it's like, oh, my arms and my wrists. Whereas actually, you know, you might be able to move in a totally different way. And the quality of that touch, the fact that you're in that movement is a far more sensual experience between the two of you. I noticed your voice when I was changing because you're describing some of those movements as well. And so that's another interesting observation that I made there. And also in the way you can use your voice, you know, in a more sensual way, especially with when with regards to intimacy, you know, certainly when massaging your partner or having massage being received by yourself, you know, that 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 is a time when we can change our voice tonality to match the the uh Ambiance. <laughs> but we, but not only that, you see, you see, sensuality does come into the workplace. So I said to you before that it, you know, I wouldn't necessarily run a program for a top level of CEOs into one of the massive companies and say that I was, you know, wanting to train the CEOs in sensuality. Mm -hmm. But you know, this does come into the workplace because women have a lot of power. 
And actually, we have a lot of power when we do understand where we're projecting our voice from. So if I'm, you know, if I'm allowing my energy, if you like, to be in my pelvis, and I'm directing my voice from there, it's very different from me putting my voice up into my head. And as we talk to people, especially in the workplace, if our voice starts going higher and higher and higher up here, so eventually we're talking right up here, up here and up here, that's actually going to be very different from leading a meeting where you're actually in your whole body and you're actually that power to be able to shift down to here at will, that is huge because you pick it up but you're going to get you're going to get the whole of your workplace to pick this up as well. And I think the expression as well that you can have on your face, for example, Jill. You know, again, you know, I've got the the privilege of being able to sort of see you on video, and this for the listeners is going to be audio only. But I could see a difference in tonality of voice as well when your expression changed. In other words, when you were smiling, the tonality of voice changed as well. And this is important because, you know, when we're wanting to body language, if we, if we reference it simply as, simply as body language, this, we, we see this. What I always say to people is, through the work that I do, I remember the way people move and use themselves. It is your signature. It's your signature moves. If you see somebody disappear, well, we can't do this now, but, you know, it used to be in the olden days when there were dinosaurs and we were all allowed to touch each other. It used to be that if you watch, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But you, you used to see somebody just disappearing around the corner of like, oh, in the supermarket. It's like, is that John? Is that Sarah? Because you see something about the way they were moving and using themselves that was like, that's their pattern. Yes, that, oh, yeah, that's John. Look, he always stands like that, hand on the hip, things like this. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you hear someone's voice on the telephone, we pick up all the time emotionally how people are. And there is such an enormous impact if when you're wanting to have an important conversation with somebody else, that you actually have that ability to really slow down and actually get in touch with the tonality of your voice and be able to choose where it is. Now, if you're sitting, you know, I'm sitting on a chair at the moment and I've got myself well supported. If what I do is I just continue to talk, but I let myself slump forward like that. What you can hear is an instant change to my voice. Can you hear that? Yes. Whereas yes. I just bring myself up to here and allow myself to be sitting. It is a total different change in my voice. And, and, and that voice is, you know, this is power. We can learn how to, you can learn how to do this. And it's an incredibly sensual thing to do. If you're having a conversation with somebody and, and you whisper in their ear, Hello, how are you today? <laughs> you get a completely different response from, Hi, how are things going? You know, I mean, and it, it, you might think, oh, that sounds a bit corny. But the truth is, this is this is linking right into primal instincts. You know, this is primal stuff that we're using here. Why not get to know it? Why not use this? Because as I've already said, this is power, huge power, huge power that you have. And I think sometimes there's more emphasis on certain words, for example, 
you know, you could you could say exactly the same words, but depending on what what word you actually emphasize and in what tonality of voice can create a totally different meaning. For example, I could say to you, oh, he's doing that thing again. Or I could say, oh, he's doing that thing again. <laughs> or he's, or, oh, he's doing that thing again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I mean, this is where when we, the trickery, is this is a choice point. Right, so if you know you're you're working with people to enable them to sort of almost make I wouldn't say logical decisions, but do you understand what I'm saying? In in any relationship, we we've got criteria. There's got to be a strategy. There's got to be a way in which we want something that's going to fit with who we are and what what works, etc. But at the same time, it's 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 this is this is taking things to a different level because if what you're wanting to do is to create that deeper intimacy and really go deeper into a relationship with somebody else. Well, then this does mean going deeper into yourself and the relationship you have with you. Because if you if you know, if you've developed this intuition, if you like, and your sensuality and your senses, and you really, really know that yes, this person might be somebody who's suitable and ticks all these boxes, but this isn't okay, and this isn't okay, and this isn't okay. I think it actually enables you to have more, as I said, more power and I keep coming back to this because it enables you to actually say that's this is okay but this is not going to work and if this person is not at all interested in developing this or having an interest in this it might not be something that is going to last the length of time and let's face it you know you want interest you you want to develop yourself and sensuality is the way to go girls it's the way to go <laughs> so what would your top tip be or tips Jill around you know if somebody was very interested in developing their sensuality and becoming a more aware sensual person what would be your guidance and advice about where to start with it I think first of all it is it is around starting to think about the, the your senses and it is around starting to recognize your preferences, your own preferences, because a little bit like personality traits and strengths and weaknesses, there are going to be certain things that you like and you don't like. So instead of going for the whole blanket cover of thinking I'm going to develop all seven of my senses, I would, I would suggest that what you do is consider your more dominant sense. Right. So if, for example, your more dominant senses, you know, you like the way people dress, you like you like color, you like whatever, then I would go with with whatever it is that appeals to you. So the sense that you prefer, if you're somebody who likes sense of taste, I'm very kinesthetic. So I like the sense of touch. All right. Which, what I would then suggest is that, for example, if you're visual, that you really do play with this idea of how pleasing you find different colors, what different colors do for you and how you behave when you're within some environment that's got these colors. You mentioned earlier about the blue skies in Spain and mm -hmm. we got gray skies here. And for many people, how they feel radically shifts 
when they are in an environment that's got a gray sky. So what could you do? Well, one of the things I do, for example, is I, I make stained glass. A stained glass gives you a very different light that comes into the room. So, you know, you could play with the idea of well, what's it like to have a different color light bulb? I know that sounds really silly. What does that do? What does the different color light bulb, what do the different colors of light in the room? What's it like to infuse? What's it like to change the color of the curtains? Just very subtle things mm. might mean that it has an impact. So I would go with subtlety. If you're somebody who loves uh, touch, you can develop your own sense of touch literally by creating a swatch of different fabrics. So you've got velvet, you've got nylon, you've got uh, cotton, you've got linen, you've got lots of, and you could just run your fingertips over those slowly and notice how you can discern the difference. Notice which fingers, for example, you may find that your index finger in, on say your, your right-handed, your index finger on your right hand might be more sensitive. You might be more tuned into that one. What's it like to do it with your little finger? What's it like to do? So this is sort of playing with this whole idea of developing yourself. What's it like to listen to music, you know, slightly turned down so that you're actually hearing it in the distance? So this is about choosing the sense that you enjoy. And also, if you're in relationship with somebody else, not noticing what senses they like as well. What's their preferred sense? If you think of the five languages of love, what would it be out of the senses that, you know, are they a, mm, oh, this coffee smells lovely, or are they a, oh, I love the taste, oh, I love the taste of this, yes? How does what they enjoy in their senses match you? You know, does it matter to them if it's high quality, tasting ice cream or do they not really care because it doesn't matter it's just food are they, yeah. so, <laughs> you know but do you understand what i'm saying it's like well it's because there's no good explaining expecting somebody else to be really interested in like taste of you know like the vanilla or the smell of vanilla or if actually that they're not they're not that's not a driven sense they're not interested in that whereas if they are interested use it, develop it, grow it, bring it out of them. And actually they won't even realize you're doing it, which sounds crazy, but I hope yeah. those are a few tips. I think there's another thing we can do as well to sort of make maybe domestic chores more enjoyable. For example, you know, when we're washing up, you know, and it's just a few pots in the sink, you know, really getting playful and really feeling the suds, you know, if you're a kinesthetic person, enjoying and feeling the experience of the, the suds in the in the washing up bowl. Exactly, the the, the 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 running your hand over a plate and actually just feeling the plate. It sounds really crazy because it's like, what are you doing? I'm just feeling the plate. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you feeling the plate? I'm just just the coldness. I'm doing it with the back of my hand to see the difference. You know, and these, but you know, this is like your. It this opens up this like giant amazing uh, variety of exciting and interesting things you know the touch of a feather you know just on your skin that lightness of touch um, but also I must say that this is something where you know 
Triggers, this is an important thing to mention too. People need to be aware of triggers. What I mean by that is that if you've been in a, um, an experience in the past where you've been abused, it's also being aware that touch or voice or any of those senses can trigger yeah, so I think this is important as well, because I think sometimes, you know, we, we don't understand that if you've been in a situation where, you know, you've been hit, abused, punched, you know, raped, whatever, that sense is, is powerful. And so therefore, also, it might be that you want to develop another sense so that you're actually sort of getting more pleasure out of a slightly different sense, if you like, and it's sort of taking you away. So it doesn't mean that you've got to become uh, able to acknowledge and accept if you've been traumatized, that, you know, your sense of touch, you've got to get back in touch with it. It's like, oh, no, maybe you could develop another sense and just leave that one over there, leave it over there and actually develop these ones instead so that that can be left safe at some point in the future you might feel like developing it so. yeah i think it's just recognizing <laughs> and not stereotyping that all situations and environments are the same so you know if you've been through through trauma at the hands of something like that then it's it's knowing that you know that experience um is not necessarily going to be what you're going to experience at the hands of every single man obviously <laughs> Uh, if that's been your experience at the hands of a man, of course, if, if, if that trauma has been at the hands of a, a man. The it, end, does, it's, it's, it doesn't it's even have to, just, but it also doesn't even have to be that. I mean, I was born, as I was being born, I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my throat. Um, and so at that point, uh, I couldn't be born. And so when I was born, um, that was okay. But it's left a legacy. And for a long time, I didn't realise why I didn't like anything tight around my throat. I couldn't understand because I couldn't think of anything that could possibly have caused this. And so I had to honor that. I just had to honor that fear, um, not look for the reason, but if, you know, if anybody put their hands like on my throat or near my throat, or I wore a, a roll neck jumper, which was tight or whatever, I couldn't tolerate it. And so I just chose that the best thing to do was to always wear things that were loose around my neck and that's fine and I just uh, I, ju I just go well I'm not going to want to go in and try and see if I can resolve that the memory of the body is so strong our body's got yes. our memory that we can't we can't say I will just I will overcome this it's like well just just leave it there and yeah. work yeah. with another sense and actually even loving the fact that you can move your pelvis i mean moving the pelvis is so important for women because of you know the cycles the the the, the, the times of the month the, the 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 parts of the cycle you're in uh you the stage that you're going through if you're you know menopausal or perimenopausal or postmenopausal or whatever i mean these are all natural things that you can access which are actually going to enable your whole system to be if you liked more receptive to be able to be having pleasure and enjoying yourself excellent on that note Jill, um i just think it's an appropriate time now to give your best contact information for those listeners that would like to know more about this fascinating subject of sensuality and exploring that sensuality in more depth. Well, thank you very much for that. That's great. Now, I, all roads lead to me. They need to, all roads lead to my name, Jill Wigmore 
hyphenwelsh.com. That is my website. If you want to find me, just go and put in my name, jillwigmore-welsh.com, and you will find me. And at the top of my website, if you have a little look along, it'll have various things. And you'll find there's a little link, and it says sensuality. And if you go in there, what you'll find is that you can, you can explore inside there and find out a little bit more about some of the ways that you can learn to shift and change and move yourself. And, and yeah, that's the best way for them to contact me, Lynn. Brilliant. And as always, we'll also put Jill's other contact information in our show notes. So on that note, I shall just leave you listeners with uh, True Love Starts with Opening Our Hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.